When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Freewheeling Rob Kelly. Joining me this week to talk about Forever Young, one of the Bob Dylan's biggest hits, one of his most beloved songs, is our pal and a new guest to the Pod Dylan Show, Paul Spataro from the Choo Choo Freaks Network. Hello, Paul. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I'm very happy to have you on. You said you wanted to talk about this one. I love this song. A lot of people love this song. This is one of his man's, again, most famous songs. So why did you want to talk about this one in particular? Well, I discovered this song from the uh, Live at the Budokan album mm. back in 78, I'd say it yep, was. that's right, 78, yep. And that was the first. I, hadn't, I had not been familiar with it before that, and I heard it, and it resonated with me then as a teenager. Uh, I really, you know, I, I don't know, you know, if you're not a Bob Dylan fan, well, if you're not a Bob Dylan fan, you're probably not listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm but if you're sorry. not, you you may not get this. But I thought the vocals on it were wonderful, which you know I know a lot of Bob Dylan fans are very critical of his vocals. But I I really just thought it was a very you know very sweet little song. And then as I've gotten older and as I've had children, it's just come to become that much more resonant with me as far as the the feelings that he expresses in it and the you know the the thoughts and the dreams that you have for your children and i know that he wrote this as a uh, lullaby for his youngest his oldest son i almost said youngest son excuse me uh and then eventually decided to record it right so i think about it and i, I kind of wish i had been singing this to my kids when they were little <laughs> not that i have a singing voice at all but it's just like i said the, the, the lyrics just so cut to exactly what you think of as a parent yeah, it's it's only three sets of verses, very straightforward. Uh, you know, I mean, by this point, this is this is from originally appeared on the nineteen seventy four album Planet Waves, uh, and it it appears in two forms. Uh, this is the only time Dylan has ever done this, where it closes side one, a slow version, and then a fast version opens side two. Uh, he never did that. He's never done it since. P- put uh, two versions of the same song on one album. But uh, yeah, I mean, and the lyrics are the same on both versions. And they're they're just very straightforward. It's just a series of wishes that this person, the father, is wishing for his children. It's may God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. I mean, it's the language is simple, but it's it's sort of iconic. I mean, it, it's I mean, some of these verses are taken from passages from the Bible. Uh, I mean, it has that kind of uh, immortality to it, that sort of just, you know, simple things that you hope your children will get to experience as someone who has experienced life to a greater degree. You're you're just saying, I, I, I'm hoping this, this works for you. I'm hoping this happens. I hope that you uh, – there's the, the bit about the – a line about the lights surrounding you, which is my favorite line in the song, which is – it's such a great image, the lights surrounding you, which to me always meant to be aware you know, to be sort of in the moment, to be respectful of people, respectful of of your life, of the the world that you're living in. Uh, it's just to say, it's see, very, and, that, and that's that's funny because I always took, I mean, and that makes sense. And see the light surrounding you. I always took it as to see the good. Mm. 
to see the good in people, to see the good in the world, to always just have a, an upbeat nature. Interesting. Yeah, coming from Bob Dylan, that would be interesting to always have. Well, that's, that's one of the things about this. You, you asked me for, you know, if I wanted to be on the show, which I really appreciated, and I suggested, I don't know, five or six songs. And I think this is the only one that was not vitriolic. Right, right. And, yeah. and it's, it's the polar opposite of vitriolic. Well, it's funny that you say that because there's a great story that I, I heard about this. I read it in one of the many books I read about Dylan was he recorded this in, in 74 uh, he was again. He most of the Planet Waves was done with the band uh, as his backup bands it was Robbie Robertson and all those other guys. And the producer slash engineer was a guy named Rob Fraboni. So apparently Dylan was working on the song in the studio, and one of the musicians, one of the session musicians, had a girlfriend in the studio, and the girlfriend hears uh, Dylan record the song. Uh, apparently they recorded the slow version, which everyone thought was amazing, the slow, the, the drawn-out version, which is around almost five minutes, and it features a great vocal by Dylan. And after it was over, the girlfriend apparently sort of snorted derisively and said, geez, Bob, you're getting mushy in your old age. And so then the next day, uh, Rob Fraboni comes into the studio, and he's getting ready for that day's recording. And, and for anyone who doesn't know about how they record albums or how this stuff was done, I, and I only know this from reading the book, they have a thing called where it's like master reels where you record everything that was put put you know everything that was done in the studio and then at the end of the day or the next morning you decide okay this stuff clearly isn't going to make the album so we're going to put it put it aside this other take that's going definitely going to be the album so let's put it on a master reel and that way we have it sort of at a i guess you know isolated and we know this is going to be on the album so the next morning for Boney comes in and he's expecting to see the version of Forever Young recorded on a master reel. And it isn't. And he's like, well, and Bob finally comes in and he says to, to Dylan, where's Forever Young? And Bob says, oh, no, we're not using it. And for Boney's like, why? And Bob's like, eh, I, I, I just isn't right. And for <laughs> Boney knew it was because of that girl's comment that it shook Bob's security, that he didn't want to be called mushy. Can you, imagine, can you imagine having the body of work, even at that time, 1974, yeah, yeah, right. that Bob Dylan yeah. has and being insecure? Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. This isn't Bob Dylan on his album, his second album. This is this is post-60s Bob Dylan. And apparently Ferboni hit the roof and was basically like, it's going on the album, Bob. You're being ridiculous. And obviously they went the other way because, as I said, there's two versions of it on the on the album. So they went from it possibly not being on the album to having two versions. So luckily... Uh, that girl was not listened to, and they went ahead. <laughs> and apparently, at that point, Fraboni flat out banned all hangers on in the studio. He just said, "That's it. It's only the musicians. We're not having girlfriends or or hangers on coming in because Bob is, you know, he realized at that moment that Bob was pretty insecure and could be swayed in a bad way by somebody's flippant comment. And so, luckily, that didn't happen because again, the song went on to be a giant hit. It's the biggest hit from Planet Waves, and it became an iconic song. It's been covered many, many times. Uh, it's been used in many different iterations over the years. I mean, it just it's and it does as you, as you mentioned. It stands, you know, unique in Dylan's hits in that it's not positively Fourth Street. It's not knocking on heaven's door. It's not grim. It's it's bright and upbeat. And, you know, it comes from a man that had just had you spent a bunch of years with his wife holed up in Woodstock and had a bunch of kids. And he was clearly very happy with that life, sort of, because his other songs that suggest he wasn't quite so happy. But in that moment, when he wrote it, he was very happy. He loves his children. He's a, he was a family man. And this song conveys that. And even though for someone like me who does not have children, 
to me, the song still is very powerful because it's just it's a wish that you're putting on someone that you care about, presumably someone younger, that they you know they they charge ahead and they, they again they see the light surrounding them, which is again I, I just I love that that line and it, it's my ver- my favorite version of of the two of the slow and the fast is the fast version, which is about half the length. But it's just to me it's just it's very energizing. It's very it's wonderfully positive. The the I, I actually prefer the slow version, but the fast version was actually the uh, opening song for the TV show Parenthood. That's right. Oh, I forgot about that's right. Yeah, the, the theme song of the show Parenthood is Forever Young. That's right. I forgot about. I, that. I'm just thinking about it. it's kind of interesting that it's according to Wikipedia at least he wrote this song in 1966, recorded it in '73, released it on the album in '74. Which means he had been living with it for about seven years before he recorded it. So you would think that he would be confident enough in it that he wouldn't be swayed by one person's opinion. But then you never know what's going on in his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can think of two scenarios. One is that he was never all that confident in it, and that's why it took him seven years to even think about recording it. And two might be every once in a while you hear about one of these musicians who. They, you know, after some time gets by, they just kind of get tired of the song. You know, they don't want to perform it in concert anymore or whatever. So maybe the the time worked against him for that reason. Maybe had he just put it on an album back in 1966, he would have had more confidence in it. Maybe so. Well, boy, it would have stuck out if it had been on an album in 1966. That would have been uh, pretty remarkable. Speaking of concerts, uh, over the years, I mean, the song's 45 years old at this point, a little less. He's only played it 493 times, which does, <laughs> that sounds like a lot. But when you compare it to how many concerts he's, he's performed, that's not that much. So he's, it's not a song that he's returned to in concert a lot. Although, ironically enough, in 1993, he appeared on Late Night with David Letterman uh, to promote his album World Gone Wrong, which was one of his um, all-acoustic, all-folk albums. And instead of singing any of the songs from that album, he sang Forever Young. He sang a very beautiful slow version of forever young which i really really enjoy which he changes the phrasings uh the, the phrasing on which is again another reason why i still say dylan is a great singer because he can convey multiple meanings or different meanings with the same line depending on how he sings it and how he phrases it uh but he it's a completely different version of forever young which is to me very beautiful and it's it's funny that he pulled that one out to again to promote an album that it had nothing to do with but of all the songs he could have played that's the one he played. And uh, so obviously it's something that he's, you know, proud of. It's appeared on all of his greatest hits compilations over the years. Uh, and it, as you mentioned, it was the theme song from Parenthood, so it's become a big thing for people. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a terrific song. And one other story I did want to mention just on the recording of it, because I, I love hearing this stuff, is, uh, again, with this guy Rob Fraboni, apparently one night they're working on the album – and Dylan says to Fraboni, hey, I'm going to go see this guy named Bobby Blue Bland. He's playing at the wherever, Whiskey A Go-Go or wherever they were in Los Angeles. I'm going to go see him in concert. Do you want to come? And Fraboni's like, yeah, that would be great. Sure, why not? So later, a couple hours later, Fraboni is waiting for Dylan to show up. And Dylan pulls up in this beat-up van. And he parks it on the street in, like, you know, in Los Angeles. Fraboni just happens to look inside the van and in the back of the van are all the master tapes for the album. And Fraboni's like, what the hell are those doing there? <laughs> and Dylan goes, too much bootlegging going on. I can't leave them in the studio. And Fraboni's like, but you're going to leave them in a van parked in Los Angeles? Like, what is the matter with you? Again, he's yelling at Dylan. And so 
uh, the next day, Froboni had them locked up like in a safe uh, after that because it was like, okay, I understand you don't want these things bootlegged, but the entire album could have been stolen by somebody who just wanted to steal a van off of a street in Los Angeles. So I imagine poor Rob Froboni, he must have had a to- hard time dealing with Dylan because he, he seems like he was at a weird place in his life. So <laughs> we're but all very Dylan- fortunate the album came out as good as it did. Dylan never seemed like he's never given me the impression, and I don't think he ever will, of somebody who put on airs or, you know, made a lot of money and decided to live, you know, a uh, an, an, an extravagant life. No, that's true. That so, is true. you know, it, it almost fits his public persona <laughs> that he would do something like that, that he would think, yeah, it's in the van. You know, I, I have the keys with me, so it's safe now. <laughs> Like, that studio, anybody could walk in there. What's the matter with you, Bob? Like, come on, you know. Imagine what could have been lost, you know. I mean, the, the, this, again, this, these are master tapes that had, you know, Forever Young on it, which is like, you know, has made, probably made of millions for Pete's sake. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's it's a really beautiful song. The other the other line of it that I really like, we haven't really been talking about the, the song itself too much because, as you mentioned, it's very simple. It's very straightforward is in the, the third verse with the may you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift, which to me is completely describing Dylan himself of, of someone who has been, you know, buffeted by the, the, the winds of change over the time. And yet he has stayed, you know, sort of, Oh, you know, ever North, you know, I mean, he has followed his muse in places that people told him it shouldn't have taken him, but he's followed it. And, you know, to this point now, he's this sort of oracle that can do whatever he wants. He's not trapped as an oldies act. You know, I mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago when I went and saw him in concert, only two songs that he sang out of 20 songs were from the 60s. You know, he mm. can do whatever. He, he can literally sing whatever pops into his head, and that must be very freeing for someone like him. So I could see him wishing that to, for his children. That, well, you I, know, I also think when the wind, and again, just slightly different interpretation, but that's one of the wonderful things about lyrics like this is it, it, it allows for that. I was told when the winds of changes shift, that, that meant, you know, kind of through good times and through bad. Mm-hmm. You know, life, life is going to have its ups and downs and, and, you know, can you always have that strong foundation no matter what happens to you in life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he said, so, he, 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 as far as I've understood about it, he was a great father. There's a quote from him about his, his marriage where he said uh, husband and wife were a failure, but husband and father, husband and, uh, I'm sorry, husband and wife were a failure, mother and father were not a failure. And I've read interviews with Jacob Dylan, of course, who went on to become a musician, talking about how, you know, they spent, all the kids spent years running around, you know, concert halls because he took the kids with him on his tours, you know, mm-hmm. like imagine what that life had to be, you know, like that sounds extraordinary. So he, he uh, this is, he's written other songs specifically for his children. There's a song called Lord Protect My Child. Uh, but this one is the big one, the one that everyone knows, and it deserves to be famous because I said it is just, it, it's, it has sort of the wisdom of Solomon behind it. It's just and straightforward and beautiful. Something I think is worth mentioning is, uh, in the late 1980s, when Rod Stewart came out with the song Forever Young, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it isn't a cover of this right. song, right. but it's remarkably similar to it in its lyrics. So apparently uh, Stewart's people, apparently at Stewart's behest, he, that he, he suggested it, he, he, out of respect to Dylan, he had the song sent to him mm. before it was released and said, I understand that it's very, you know, very, very similar to your song, and I don't want to just release it and then have some sort of controversy over it. So they uh, they agreed to split the uh, royalties. You huh. know, what what percentage I don't know. Uh, and 
just you know reading about it a little bit, they says it says you know sharing not only a similar mel melody but many of the same lyrics. So that got me to punch up the lyrics to Bob Dylan's Forever Young. And I started looking at it, it is very similar. May the good Lord be with you down every road you roam, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then when I looked at it, though, I, I'm, I was look, looking closely at the lyrics. And then towards the end of it, it says, and when you finally fly away, I'll be hoping that I served you well. For all the wisdom of a lifetime, no one, no one can ever tell. So he's talking about basically the, the person's whole life, whereas I think Dylan is talking about your life's in front of you. Right. But what what struck me, and I don't know if this is significant to anybody but me, but what struck me is that in Dylan's song, it's totally, totally beneficial to the child. I just want you to have the best life possible. Whereas in Rod Stewart's, it's a little bit more introspective looking at yourself, saying, at the end of your life, I hope you look back and you know, think I was a wonderful father. Hmm, okay. Is basically the way I'm, I'm reading that line. You know, I hope, I'll be hoping that I served you well. So this, this is a little bit more, self, not self-centered, it's certainly not a selfish song by any mm -hmm. stretch, but it is a little bit more, you know, it, it involves the singer a little bit more, whereas Dylan's is purely the child. Yeah. yeah. I just found that an interesting perspective on the difference in the lyrics, and it's, you know, subtle differences, but I think it does make a difference in my mind. Yeah, I remember when that version was out, I was like in high school, I think, and then I, I didn't have any great, I was like, oh yeah, that's the same title, but I never thought it seemed like it was like, oh, he's ripping dylan off i was like oh, it's just you know forever young i don't even know that might be a phrase that dylan took from somebody he he likes to take stuff that you know are obscure things so uh yeah i mean again the, these lyrics are so basic and so simple that it would be hard to say you know oh you know this is something that bob dylan owns really it's like no this this is language in the culture he just put it together in a particular form and added a melody to it that made it you know frankly very catchy i mean it is very catchy uh, and that's what helped turn it into like a hit single. And I'm, funnily enough, the slow version is the single version, not the fast version. Uh, when this was put on Greatest Hits Volume 3, it was the slow version. That's the quote-unquote the hit. That was the one that was put on as a 45, not the not the fast one, which is unusual because the slow one is five minutes. The fast one is like two and a half, so usually it's the short one, but the, that's not the way it worked out. But, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, again, it's, a, it's a song he's returned to here and there. Not a whole lot, but obviously it's he's proud of it. Of course he's proud of it. It's one of the you know big hits. And it continued his career as you know a guy that wasn't just a 60s hit maker. This was, you know, Forever Young came on the heels of Knocking on Heaven's Door. And it was uh, just before Blood on the Tracks came out. And so this was, a, you know, continuing on. But this guy had more and more to say. You know, he was he was more than just the guy from the 60s. He had other, he had moved on to other parts of his life. And he had other things to contribute further into his career and this just was just another great step along the way of this extraordinary career yeah i think as with many of dylan's songs this is one that's going to uh survive for a very long time just because of the 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 quality of the lyrics i don't even you know again some of his songs are much deeper than this one uh as far as meanings or subtlety right but this one, you know, this one kind of lays it right out there, and I just think it, it, it just has a beautiful quality to it. It's, it's, it's charming, it's sweet, and it encapsulates exactly, you know, anyone's feelings who care about a younger person. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, if uh, anybody wants to get Forever Young, you can go to iTunes and check out the Planet Waves album. And there's two different versions to pick from. You can find... 
the Letterman version uh, on this very podcast. If you'll hang on, you'll you'll hear it in a few moments. So I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about Forever Young. I really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me on. I really enjoyed it. Uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, on the Two True Freaks Network. I am a co-host on Back to the Bins, where we review old comic books. I am a co-host on Listen to the Prophets, where we review episodes of Deep Space Nine. And I am a co-host on the Maxi series, because it's almost coming to a conclusion as far as recording, uh, Keep Them Flying, in which we review episodes of, excuse me, <laughs> Firefly, all of a sudden I drew a blank. And finally, I've got a recent podcast, Is It Jaws, in which I stole Bo- I stole Rob's for- format and review movies. <laughs> that second episode is great. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It really is. I had a great guest on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you want to follow our show, it's uh, pod underscore Dylan over on Twitter. And, of course, everything else about the show and all the other shows can be found on the network, which is Firewater Podcast. So again, Paul, thanks so much for coming on. I was really happy to talk about this one because I just love the song. It's so great. So, uh, And thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, uh, we'll see you later. Bye. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others And let others do for you May you build a ladder to the stars And climb on every rung And may you stay Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the legendary Bob Dylan. Bob!
let others do. 